0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Weekly Report. For Randall Riley, I'm Joshua Miller. If you like our videos, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe so you never miss new driver recruiting content. we got a lot to get to today, including a bonus segment with Michigan State University Associate Professor of Supply Chain Management, Jason Miller, where he goes a little into what he's seeing in regard to inflation. It's really great information, and I think you'll find it really interesting, so stick around. But first, the report. This week in job board searches and clicks. All red, all the way around. Searches were down 13% week over week, 10% month over month, and 35% year over year. For clicks, there were declines of 16% week over week, 15% month over month, and 16% year over year. And if you're keeping track, this is the first time in more than a year that the weekly click count is lower than the previous year by comparison. Those year over year numbers. This week in freight. Load postings fell by 8% week-over-week, and the volume is down 49% below the same week of 2021. Drive-in loads were down 6%, refrigerated fell by 5%, and flatbed loads were down 13% week-over-week. Truck availability increased week-over-week as the load-to-truck ratio fell to its lowest level since May of 2020. For spot rates, the overall totals were unchanged week-over-week. Drive-in rates were also flat, but refrigerated fell by 4 cents, and flatbed increased by 1 cent per mile week-over-week. Now, the story of the week. Proactive communication could be the key in helping your fleet avoid high turnover rates. According to WorkHound CEO and co-founder Max Farrell, I think I'm pronouncing that right, it's poor communication that leads to excess turnover and to fleets struggling with retention rates. For instance, while Pete... While pay is a chief reason many drivers are searching for a new job, many times it comes down to confusion about pay rather than the actual pay rate itself. One way to combat miscommunications like this is to allow for anonymous driver feedback so that drivers have their opinions voiced and their concerns addressed. And don't wait for exit interviews when it's already too late to address a problem. We're talking about real-time check-ins with drivers before it gets to that point. Now, if you'd like to hear even more of Max's takeaways on turnover issues, you can find more details in the downloadable PDF made available. available, And I'll include a link to the full story covering several more issues he discussed over on the CCJ website. That's it for our story of the week. But as I mentioned in the open this week, we do have a bonus treat for you. Yesterday, I was able to sit down and talk with Jason Miller about his take on what's current on what he's currently seeing with inflation and how it could affect trucking. All right, thanks for joining us today, Jason. I know you're very busy up there at Michigan State, but when we saw your, your I don't know if you want to call it your article, your post on LinkedIn about inflation, we thought it was something that we'd like to bring to people here on the weekly report and let them know your thoughts. So if you can, uh, let us know what you're seeing. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think about inflation and, and how it could affect us moving forward.
1: So right now, when we think about inflation on the consumer side, there's still a lot of concerns about core inflation running as high as it is. The one thing I would caution everybody about is the big thing driving consumer inflation right now is the shelter component of the consumer price index. And that component may not affect everyone. If you bought a house, let's say before COVID, you likely have refinanced and actually are paying less today than you were in say 2019. When we start looking at you know, inflation less shelter at the consumer level, we're essentially flat over the past couple months, which is a good sign. We still are up substantially year over year, around 8%, 9%, give or take. When we start looking further upstream in the supply chain and the price producers are receiving for their products, final demand finished goods. So the final, you know, the manufacturers to make the stuff that we buy, their prices have been effectively flat over the past few months. No, they're still from before COVID up a staggering 20-some percent we take a look then at the inputs that they use. So in other words, what is it those manufacturers that make stuff we use? What is it that they're paying for the inputs to that stuff? Those prices are also been effectively flat since about March or April. So the good news is, is that it seems that we're starting to finally have hit a peak period for now. So this is good. The biggest wild card right now is what will happen to energy prices as we move into the winter. Europe has an artificial ban set to go into effect on December 5th, upon which point in time they can no longer have Russian crude oil brought in by water. None is coming by pipeline, but still hundreds of thousands of barrels a day are coming in by water. We are not sure on that front. We're also not sure on the European natural gas situation and how higher demand there could cascade and affect U.S. prices. So I would tell you that from an energy market standpoint, we are not out of the woods yet. We really won't know until we get through this winter. But if we can get through this winter without the energy markets going crazy, by the time we're looking at readings next year, we should be much better than where we are now. So we're seeing some encouraging signs, but we can't get too overly optimistic right now.
0: Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's definitely different from what we're hearing, but looks like good news, but it's gonna kinda come down to the energy sector in Europe and how fast that could affect us is basically what you're telling me here. Am I right there?
1: It really is right now. The thing I'm looking for is what's gonna be happening in Europe right now what does that do to the commodity price standpoint? The surge that we saw this spring and the grains and in the metals that really drove a lot of the inflation that we're experiencing now, that has calmed down to a substantial degree. And so it's really just what happens as we move through this winter period. And again, we don't know for sure. I mean, the biggest macro concern I have right now is a Russian nuclear strike in Ukraine if their front line crumbles. That that and what does that entail? Because that almost assuredly means NATO is now militarily engaged in this. And what does that do not only from a loss of life standpoint and military engagement standpoint, but also what does that do to global markets, um, especially again on the energy side? Because I think at that point, you're looking at $200.00 a barrel oil type of situation. And even though the U.S. now is in a much better position when energy prices go high, it actually spurs a lot of activity for more hydraulic fracturing. As an example, $200 a barrel oil will crash economic activity because there's no way that people will not be, you know, experience demand destruction because gasoline is going to be seven or eight dollars a gallon.
0: Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. So is there anything that you're looking at kind of state state side here? Because everything now is kind of contingent on what happens in Europe. But is is there anything you're looking for over here or are we just sitting pretty just depending on what
1: happens with those energy prices in Europe? So the big things I'm looking at in general, this is just beyond inflation, are is consumer spending still holding up our September retail data suggests indeed the consumer is still spending robustly, which is a good sign. I'll be watching very closely to get a sense of where the September industrial production data comes in at from the Federal Reserve Board, given that durable goods production really tends to be a leading indicator of whether we go into a freight recession. And over the past several months, we've been effectively flat on a seasonally adjusted basis. So it's starting to be the question, do we stay flat or do we start to, for example, dip down? And if that's the case, I would start being more worried. We do have a wild card on that side next year in terms of broader infrastructure projects that will be going thanks to federal funding. And so we're still not quite sure yet what that is going to look like as we move into next year and what impact that'll have on the freight markets.
0: Okay. Well, well Jason, I thank you for your input and your expertise is always greatly appreciated. We also really look forward to all of your monthly economist reports you provide for us and we thank you for taking the time for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me on.
0: And that's our report for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder, you can download that PDF with all of the report stuff in it. It's down in the description on YouTube or in the main body of the page on our Randall Riley site. I'll also leave links to the full story from uh, from CCJ covering the turnover rates from Workout and the isolated video of my talk with Jason Miller, so if you want to review that. And I'll also put in the link to his LinkedIn post, which spurred the conversation. Jason posts a lot of great stuff over there. So if you haven't read any of his work he shares with us before or you were unaware of him until now, hey, he'd be a great person to follow over on LinkedIn. We'll see you next week when we take another look back to help you move forward. Until then, have a great week, everybody.